welcome to the Panic Pod. Got a special episode in store for you today. I am joined by special guest Ben Aldridge, who is the author of a book called How to Be Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable, which is ultimately kind of my message for people with anxiety disorders. That's where recovery lies. So why not have a, a guest on who's done that, teaches you how to do it, but then taking it to a very special place, way beyond what I can do, uh, or have done yet, should I say. I'm really excited about this. Good afternoon, Ben. How are you doing? Hey, Josh. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the show. Great to be here chatting with you. Yeah, it's going to be... Look, I'm really looking forward to this. Right, let's kind of let's kind of jump straight into it. Why don't you introduce yourself to the Panic Pod listeners? Who are you? What are you about? So um, I'm a writer, and my first book came out last year, which is the one you just introduced. And this is basically a summary of my journey of dealing with anxiety and how I use challenge and sort of leaning into adversity as a way of managing that anxiety and dealing with it. Mm. So it's been really exciting to put this book out into the world and to get feedback from readers. And um, it's just sharing that experience. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've learned many, many lessons from doing a whole host of bizarre things uh, in the name of self-improvement so it's uh, it's thanks to anxiety though anxiety is really the the catalyst for this whole project what i often say um to the message i convey to listeners people on social media um and people who read my book um is that it's kind of like yeah i love how you're using your anxiety to pinpoint actually what isn't sustainable currently in your life? Um, and I remember when I was anxious and it was all about avoiding and avoidance. And your overall, your message seems so far as the, the opposite of that, leaning into challenge, lead, leaning into adversity to use it to your advantage. Um, and can you tell us a bit more about that? What do you mean by leaning into it? What, 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 what benefits did that give you? So basically the the concept is that you look at your fears and you look at the things that are holding you back and you actually go out and do them, essentially feeling the fear and do it anyway. There's a fantastic book that talks about this. But when I was in my very anxious space to understand what was happening to me, I started reading all of these different books and so much reading material, um, mm -hmm. just books absolutely everywhere. And there were so many ideas that resonated with me. But one of the ones that really caught my attention was uh, from Stoicism. And yeah. the Stoics used to deliberately step outside of their comfort zones in order mm. to build mental resilience. And they did this in lo loads of fantastic ways. They would sleep on hard surfaces and expose themselves to the cold and the heat. And um, they would fast from food and water and endure like really physical exercise. And so it's uh, that, that inspired me to create my own challenges and, and actually to try out that counterintuitive method of actually stepping outside of my comfort zone. And when you're in a very anxious space, your comfort zone shrinks so much. Um, when I first started experiencing panic attacks and anxiety, my comfort zone was tiny. So absolutely everything pushed me out of it. So it was this journey was basically trying to create all of these different challenges and these different ways I could step out of my comfort zone and build resilience. And over time, the more I did this, um, the better I got at it. So it started with really small baby steps and then eventually to bigger things, like huge things for me in my life as well. Um, 
things like mm-hmm. running marathons, climbing mountains and learning languages and some other bizarre stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been that process. It started small, but then it's, uh, it's had a really profound impact on my life. So you've been, you know, again, and this will resonate. I know it will resonate with a lot of listeners. You've, your world was very small because you confined it, confine it to your comfort zone. How would you describe your world now? Um, I, it's completely different. My life is, uh, I, I deliberately seek out things that are very challenging so that I can continue to push myself. And uh, my relationship with anxiety has completely changed. So uh, I, th- I actually look back in, at that space when I was in really, really dark space as one of the greatest things that has happened to me because it's taught me so much. It's put me on this journey and um, being able to write about it and share my experiences with people has been really rewarding. That's lovely. Um, obviously, it's interesting as well, kind of what out of your comfort zone is. I mean, you, what you do is really kind of inspiring. And you know, I saw a picture of you like hugging the snow the other day, and I'm like, "What? Well, I need to get this guy on the podcast. What well, this guy? You know, <laughs> let's get a few of these loose cannons on here and talk about it." But it's really, but it's, but it's really good. Um, I can relate. You know, I was confined to my room with agoraphobia or agoraphobia for our American listeners. <laughs> and and I was I was there for a year because I was afraid that if I left it, I'd have panic. If I did anything outside of my comfort or safety zone, then that would lead to me becoming overwhelmed and I couldn't cope. Um, and what's really I, – I wish I'd have known – that if you push through the anxiety, and not even push through, encourage yourself to just sit with the anxiety, whatever it is you're doing, and go, anxiety is either on or it's off, whether you're climbing up a mountain or walking to the shop. And once you find that out, it's really empowering really empowering. Like, and I like how you referenced this, you know, the Stoics, who is the guy who, um, who lived in a barrow, a barrel, it was diet, Diogenes. Diogenes. Yeah, yeah. Diogenes. He was, he was a cynic, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, he, this, but the, the cynics, the cynics influenced the Stoics because they they were like extreme monks and they would do ridiculous things, um, and you know they would have no possessions and they would you know do all this uh, very 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 hard lifestyle because they felt that actually that's you know adversity can teach us a lot and that was naturally inherited by the the Stoics. So we've got an element of Stoicism. And actually, it's a very rich philosophy, uh, and it's something that I've really lent into since um, since doing this project. Stoicism has become a huge, hugely helpful tool for my life, mm. um, especially with anxiety. But the, my gateway into it was through that they would do these these challenges, they would do these things that would um, you know really push them, push themselves, and push their mindsets. Basically, m- mind training, which I think is really um, really interesting. Mm. Uh, tell us more about that and, and can you tell us about like since you were in a place of having anxiety and panic attacks what was the, what was the switch where was the moment you thought you know what I fancy really putting myself in places that make me feel really uncomfortable so it started with educating myself because I, I was desperate to find find out what was happening to me and so I really wanted to figure out how I could deal with this situation. So initially I went to the doctor and was diagnosed with having 
general anxiety disorder and the panic attacks. And I was offered a course of CBT, but I decided that before I committed to anything, I just wanted to educate myself. So I spent a huge amount of time reading countless books and trying to figure out what was going on. And it was at that stage where I started reading about all these different philosophies and ideas. And the one that really, as I said before, the one that really connected with me was this concept from Stoicism. And and also it's echoed in a lot of other uh, psychology and different philosophies about deliberately leaning into the things that scare you, working mm. through your fears. Um, so I started testing it out in a small way, very small, like I challenged myself to walk to the bench, which is not um, that exciting to a lot of people. But actually, for me, it was a big deal and catching the bus and all of these things. And then Absolutely. that over time, it compounds. And every time you do something that's challenging, it gives you a little boost in confidence and you start to believe in yourself again because I lost that belief that I could do things. Um, so the more I lent into that, the more I did these challenges, the bigger the challenges got, the crazier they got, but actually it gave me that confidence. So that was a huge, hugely important lesson and it came off the back of educating myself. Absolutely. Um, one of my, the, the cornerstones of my whole, well, it's not my philosophy, but I, well, I suppose I'm allowed my own personal philosophy. But what I do by my work massively is psychoeducation. And for, for you, it's like, and people listening, they'll think, well, that's, that's Ben mastering exposure therapy. You know, for people that are really agoraphobic, like it sounds like you were and I was. And by the way, I, I had a bench I walked to as well. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I will go to this bench. And, and I swore actually the scariest thing I've ever done in my life was to walk to Asda, um, which is Walmart for the American listeners. Uh, literally yeah. the same, pla- same place, different name. And um, I had to walk to, yeah, to, to the grocery store. And... That was that was scarier than rafting the Zambezi, uh, doing stand-up comedy across the country, doing talks for hundreds. No, no, no. The scariest thing was walk the initially walking out of my home to go to the be- to the bench or to go to the shop, like like you've done. Um, what's well, there's so much uh, mirroring and similarities between where you started with anxiety too and 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 with me we were in a similar place and we wanted to learn about it we wanted to learn about what was happening about it i mean you you took it to an incredibly impressive level um which we'll talk a bit more about later but um yeah i just want people to listen in picture kind of bend through adopting the stoic mindset but he's actually applying this to exposure he's like i'm willing to just feel like crap for a little bit because I know this doesn't stay here forever. It goes away and I can master my anxiety, which, as you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, is the amygdala. He's mastering the amygdala. I'm in charge here, you know? So I think that's really good and really inspiring. So you started at the bench where, you know, if we were, if you were, if we were talking at parties and trying to impress people, which I'm sure we always do, um, the bench was a big thing where you started. Was 
tell us some of the places that took you to it. Like you've mentioned mountains. Tell us some really impressive um, things that you're proud of. <laughs> well, I think there's um, <clears throat> there's loads of different ways that I've been challenging myself. And I always try and find these different ways to push out of my comfort zone. And they're not all about facing fears, but they're just about a lot of the time shattering self-limiting beliefs. So for instance, learning a new language was a huge one because often, you know, my, my background with languages was terrible. I think that (laughs) the Brits are notoriously bad with languages. So I I couldn't, I couldn't speak anything else. I'm from the North. I'm still getting my head around this one. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I decided that I would learn Japanese, which is like the hardest language oh, wow. for English speakers to learn. And I, I was fed in love with Japan. I'd been a few times, but actually I'd never thought that I could learn a language so difficult. But that in a way became an incentive for me to learn it. So that's one of the things. So that's been a huge challenge that I've been doing. And that's more of an academic challenge, an intellectual challenge. Um, so there's been other things like that. I've been I learned to solve a Rubik's cube very quickly um, as a Whoa. way again because I didn't think I could. I didn't think I'd be able to solve a Rubik's cube. So it's this internal dialogue that I want to challenge by doing these things and and other skills like learning how to fold complicated origami and pick locks, which uh, lots of people have <laughs> <laughs> have commented on. But yeah, so uh, there's three, don't, lots don't of parts of skills. <laughs> So there's there's a disclaimer in my book as well, like some of these things. That, but yeah, learning to learning to pick locks and learning loads of other skills. Um, so that's that's kind of the academic and skill based challenges. And then there's more physical ones. I ran my first marathon, which was uh, which was huge for me. Again, it's all about I didn't think I could do it, so I wanted to push myself to do that. Um, and that was a huge learning experience for me. And then things like deliberately facing my fears so i've created this thing in in my book i talk about the anti-bucket list which a lot of people really resonate with and it's it's kind of a uh, an interesting concept so everyone knows what a bucket list is Mm -hmm. a list of things you want to do before you die but the anti-bucket list is the things you definitely don't want to do uh and it's is exactly what we're talking about earlier exposure therapy so you find things that you (laughs) find scary and you deliberately go out of your way to expose yourself to them so for me the perfect example is um again being very anxious had a huge fear of needles so naturally to turn that into a challenge on the anti-bucket list i went and got acupuncture oh wow so that's you playing with that threat response isn't it it's like no you, you you don't dictate you know you can suggest this is fearful but i'm gonna go and do it i love that the anti bucket list but yeah, fear and fear and play are two words that never really get put in the same sentence. So I think actually we can learn a lot from it. And and if and, and if we go back to the you know educating ourselves, if we have tools and tricks that we can use uh, to deal with adversity, then the the next thing you need to do is to find out if they work in the real world. And the only way you're going to do that is if you're pushing yourself, if you're trying these different challenges. Mm. Yes, and that's, I mean, that's, it's really kind of inspired, inspires me to do things. Um, and I like that. I'm going to steal that. The anti bucket list. I like that a lot. Um, things you don't want to do and things that make you scared. I mean, not just things you don't want to do. I mean, I suppose I would regard it as exposure therapy if I was subjected myself to pitch perfect three 
You know, I don't really want to sit and watch that movie. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I'm bent us and pushing the boundaries. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's how you manage discomfort as well. So there's lots of things like that that you can do uh, like deliberately. So another one that I've done is to sleep on the floor next to the bed with no pillows, no duvet. Just again, this is this is the Stoics used to do this. Yeah, um, sleeping on a hard surface—it's so uncomfortable. You're going to have a lousy night's sleep, but it's that leaning into discomfort deliberately. That's interesting. I've recommended that to people with. Um, I work a lot of people with insomnia and things, and they pour all their effort into trying to make themselves feel comfortable. And when I say to people, like, stop trying to sleep. And they're like, what? That's ridiculous. I'm not paying you money to tell me not to sleep. I'm paying you money to help me sleep. And I said, no, it's, it's that effort, that resistance that you're, that you're doing that is keeping you awake. So, you know, just sit up all night, watch TV. And nine times out of ten, when I tell people to purposely stay up all night, watch TV, they fall asleep on the sofa. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> they've stopped. They've stopped the resistance, you know. But I like that you're taking you're taking the narrative and just and do uh, and flipping it on its head. Um, any other bizarre things that you've done? I mean, you must be awful at a, at a sleepover party. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, cold exposure has been something that a lot of people wince at, but that's that's been really, really. Uh, I would say fun. Um, it's taught me a lot because. You know, every day I have a cold shower now and it's something that you get that mental resistance before you get into the cold and it's hard. And it's something that I would, you know, encourage your listeners to try as well. It's that Mm. put the shower on cold and think of it as a mental challenge. Mm. Um, And there's loads of health benefits as well. There's a guy called Wim Hof and he's got an amazing book called The Wim Hof Method, which talks about his journey with the cold. Mm. And he's got all of these incredible records. um, Yeah, he's amazing. Everest in his... Yeah, in his boxes and stuff. Um, but but there's uh, yeah. So I've been playing around with the cold as well, and I've found that that has been a great way to challenge myself. Ice baths and cold baths and wild swimming as well. You always feel amazing afterwards. But it's that that resistance that before you get into the cold. Again, it's it's what are you doing with your mind? Telling you not to. Telling you not to. Yeah, and a lot of people listen to this will experience that very same voice, particularly with their own anxiety. Um, and even if it's you know, at the stage of sat at home, you know, in your comfort zone with maybe agoraphobia, panic attack, social anxiety, whatever, that voice tells you, avoid, don't do it. You know, avoid, don't do it just in case. Avoid, don't do it just in case. And what's really nice and, what, and partly by the reason I wanted you on the podcast is that, your your voice is the antidote to that just in case voice it's like just in case what you know this is a mental exercise so even if you if if you're listening if it's a big deal just to go for a drive somewhere you can apply what ben is saying to that too it's the very same thing it's the very same voice you know and we're all at different stages of challenging that avoidance and that anxiety um and ben is an example of 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 how you can just keep pushing it and keep pushing it i mean and and me personally like just if you're at home and you're struggling to leave the house don't beat yourself up because that's the first step to going you know the first step to greatness i remember it took me within 10 months i couldn't leave my house and 10 months later i was doing stand-up comedy the biggest comedy um venue in manchester 
and and I stood to myself I was like, wow, ten and ten months isn't a long time, really. And I was utterly convinced I couldn't even go downstairs in my house. And it's that resistance voice that that I stand with Ben and say to challenge it, see what it says. It's just trying to protect you, but you're not in danger. Now, cold therapy, is that is that when I saw you in the picture on social media lying in your boxes in the snow? Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we had this, this uh, cold front that came into the UK recently and we had a lot of snow, actually, and it was lovely. It's the perfect opportunity to... <laughs> To, to lean into the cold and uh, that so that's snow goo it's a mix of well yoga in the snow essentially <laughs> but the idea is to do it um with as few clothes as possible but obviously you know i've got neighbors so i'm trying to be a bit respectful always off so again I, I kept, yeah, there he yeah. goes <laughs> okay okay <laughs> yeah well actually i do worry because uh, last year i ran a, a marathon in my garden um during lockdown and uh, my garden is very very small it's only seven meters long a so marathon like four, over, in your garden. So that's over 4,000 lengths of the garden. <laughs> and I think, so I definitely think I'm freaking my neighbours out with all of these things that I've been doing. <laughs> uh, oh, I love that. He's still running round and round and round. Poor guy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but do you but, know what? The kids the, the kids next door, they, they were really sweet. They made uh, signs as well that they were hanging over the fence. And it was supposed to be the London Marathon Day. Um, that got cancelled so it was uh, there were quite a few people around the country doing it but I thought it would be fun to do it in my garden again there's the mental thing of it it's so the garden is so small it's ridiculous why would you do that I'm drawn yeah I'm drawn to the yeah I'm drawn to the ridiculous challenges I'm drawn to those things oh I love that that's excellent and I and I really respect that because is is something else, and 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 one of the big barriers to overcoming anxiety is caring what people think. What's your advice for that? If you're willing to do snow and run around your garden and stuff like that, tell us a bit more about caring what people think. Well, this is again one of the challenges in my book is to wear something ridiculous and to deliberately go out <clears throat> in that that outfit because this is something that the Stoics would do. And again, this is why I'm really attracted to the Stoics. They've got so many brilliant ideas. And Cato was one of the Stoic philosophers, and he would deliberately wear something that would make his peers laugh at him. And a, a, man United, do... a Man United show. <laughs> so he would, do, he would do this so that everyone would laugh at him, and he could practice his reaction. Because the Stoics were all about practicing how they deal with their own reaction to whatever happens to them. So very like cognitive behavioral therapy, heavily influenced by stoicism. Uh, and this is one of the foundational concepts in stoicism is how do you deal with what happens to you? And uh, so they would, they would test it. And this, this like this idea of deliberately making people look at you. And it's a bit like, you know, that that's great training, especially if you're an introvert there. Are, I need, I know plenty of people who would have no problem putting a stupid hat on and walking down, Oxford Street, if it were busy. Like, they would have no problem at all. But I'm an introvert, so for me, that's a lot harder. That's a challenge. So I think it's, you know, depends on who you are and what your 
personality characteristics alike but mm. that's a great way of pushing yourself as well like leaning into that ultimately doesn't matter what other people think yeah and what defines you and what i really find inspiring ben is that you the dialogue is between you and yourself on a very friendly level it's not you're not being chased around by what are you doing that for what are you doing for that? You, you you've taken that narrative and you flipped it on its head going yeah, thanks for asking me what am I doing that for. Now I'm going to do it even more because why wouldn't I? You know, it's almost taking – it's like a a positive twist on absurdism, which I love. Uh, I When I was – during my undergrad, I did um, theatre studies and I was drawn to all the surreal, abstract theatre stuff, you know, where I was like stood in the middle of Bath High Street just doing something absolutely bizarre. Um, yeah. Just, you know, in the name of art – and um <laughs> and yeah and, and actually challenging um well getting purposely evoking people's reactions a bit like what you explained there and, and about the kind of and you're absolutely right in cbt in the sense that trying to challenge what people's reactions are and what and what and what how you can react and, and how you present to it um i think it's a huge block though for people who are struggling with anxiety with panic um is that I always advise try and remove that layer. You know, you you're not going to humiliate yourself. You know, the white jacket. The, the, ben has more chance of the white jackets coming and putting him in a padded room <laughs> than you do at home having panic. You know, he's doing four thousand laps of his garden. You know, uh, <laughs> he's he's more likely than you. Your your anxiety will not. You know, you won't humiliate yourself. But more importantly, take a leaf out of Ben's book. Quite literally, tell us more about your book. Forty-three ways. Bet you can't remember them all. <laughs> so the thing is, that, yeah, there's forty-three weird challenges that I've done. These are I actually when I first started challenging myself, I had a huge list. It was massive, hundreds, and uh, this was the kind of edited version, so that I could have nice anecdotes that were varied and gave examples of very different types of challenge, mm. and. I encourage readers as well. There's a huge section on creating their own challenges. So these are the things that I've been doing. These are some of the things that I've been doing. Some of them are bizarre. Some of them are just a bit more straight, um, straightforward. Mm. But it's that mix and just trying to sort of give ideas. Um, and some people, some some of my readers have actually, you know, systematically gone through the book trying to do all of the challenges. <laughs> we get lots of pictures of people like solving Rubik's cubes and cold showers are very popular. And, there's lots of stuff like that. You get pictures of people in and... the shower? <laughs> <laughs> no nudity. I've had no nudity sent to me yet. So um, we're all good. We're all good. Uh, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, so there's the 43 that I've done and there's ways to expand on them. So for instance, one of the, one of the challenges, just to give you an example of the, the structure. So it's like one of the challenges is run a race. So that could be anything for anyone. So it could be a very short race. It could be a 5K if you've never run a race before. And it's I talk about my experience. My race was to run my first marathon. I talk about that experience. But obviously, there's ways you can make it harder. So I talk about um, you could take it further, talk about ultra marathons, or you could do novelty races. And there's lots of research in it. So it's kind of like a, a how-to guide and a, um, a practical philosophy book as well, because the first part, the, the purpose of the first part of the book is to set you up with concepts that you can test out with all of these challenges and then ultimately you need to figure out what's going to be what's going to be good for you 
and you create your own challenges. Some of you might hate my challenges and that in a way is quite good because the ones that you hate are the ones you should probably lean into and do because you know they're going to, mm. you're going to have to go through the most, uh, there's going to be a, a real journey with it and it's that mm. resistance. So I think those are the ones that stand out that you should probably try. But also I do encourage people to create their own because we're all different and our comfort zones all look completely different. Yeah, that's good advice. If you don't mind me asking, um, Ben, when you were high and kind of having lots of anxiety and panic, like my, like me and many others, um, what would you say to someone who was kind of experiencing that in, in terms of using your philosophy and, and how you got out of it? So I would think, I would say that uh, the most important thing is education to start reading and arming yourself with tools and tools and tricks that you can use. And you're not going to know if they work because everyone's different and people connect to different concepts and different ideas. For me, mm-hmm. there's lots of things that I connected with. I, ke- I connected to a lot of ideas within Buddhism. I connected to ideas within Stoicism, CBT, growth mindset theory, all of these different concepts really helped me. Um, and then just testing them out and testing them out with small challenges. And then over time, I think the more you do that, the more confidence you get. And actually it can end up being, you know, a hugely important part of your life. When when I look back at my anxiety, I would not change it. I would not go back and say, oh, I wish I never experienced that. It has made a huge difference. It's really helped me to understand how to build resilience and what resilience is and to be able to understand myself better. It's been such an important journey for me. So I think in hindsight, I can say that at the time I would, I would probably listen to myself and think like, what, what are you talking about? How can this be the, one of the greatest things that's ever happened to you? Make this end. So awful. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I think it's, it's only in hindsight when you can see what it's done. And actually for me, being able to now write about it, it sounds like your journey is very similar as well, because you have that, you're in a very dark place. And then now look at the work you're doing. It's actually, you know, it's drawn you towards that. So, and you're helping thousands and thousands of people with your books and your podcast and your, your Instagram, social media. I think that's the thing. It's very hard to, to see what's over the other side when you're in the middle of it. But I Mm -hmm. think that there's uh, there's a huge amount of personal growth that can happen working through whatever it is that we're dealing with. Absolutely. And and I will echo that sentiment. Um, people who see their anxiety as, as, as an affliction, as something that they will regret, it's not. And actually... For me personally, even enhanced my gratitude for things. I can access normal, boring stuff now because I've been through an anxiety disorder, and I really appreciate it. You know, I'm less, I, I'm less drawn to conflict. I, I'm calmer in general. I don't worry about normal stuff. You know, like you know, like things that a lot of people worry about. I just don't because anxiety disorders kind of put things into into perspective and i think that whether or not you've chosen to go through an anxiety disorder which is 99 of the time not uh you taps into your own stoic kind of mindset whether whether you think you are or not if you wake up every day and you live with an anxiety disorder or you get through it you are stoic and you can use that stoic mindset 
to kind of make progress to overcome it. And you'll get to a stage in your life where you will appreciate things more because you're like, you know what? I've had a, a long time where I couldn't access this. So even doing normal day-to-day things, it's just really, I, I can get that. And, and other people should be jealous of that, that I can really enjoy just walking through a park because one day this wasn't possible. Um, so I, anyone listening today, you know, take Ben's advice, go buy his book, How to Be Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable. You know, I've got one for you. Uh, ben, um, why don't you try and sit with an elderly family member and watch uh, and watch a movie with a sex scene? There you go. There you go. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, go, I'll put it. Okay. <laughs> Challenge accepted. It sounds horrific. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Mum, Dad, Grandpa, we're going to watch Emmanuel tonight. Let's do it. No, don't do that because that. that if you can manage to be comfortable with that, then I, 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 <laughs> well, I think that's going to stay in the podcast. I'm not going to edit that out. That's going to stay there. Um, lovely. Thank you very much, Ben, for coming on. What else? How, where can people find you on social media and stuff? And um, you said you had another book out, didn't you? Or, well, well, tell us a bit more where, where people can find you. So, yeah, probably the best place is my website, benaldridge.com. And that's got links to my social. I'm most active on Instagram. And the handle for that is at do things that challenge you. And there's lots of pictures from weird challenges and lots of philosophical quotes. And um, that's that's where I spend most of my time. But um, there's a newsletter as well, which I keep people up to date with. And, yeah, there'll be another – there's another book in – I'm sort of currently working on that at the moment. So watch this space. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And keep, and I do, I enjoy your Instagram page too. I really like it. Uh, particularly, I want some more weird ones though, like Snoga. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, thank you very much, Ben. It's been a, ple- a pleasure to have you on and uh, I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's been great to chat to you.